0: Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge. and I'm very, very excited to be here with Ari Meisel, the world's number one leading expert on productivity, uh, helping entrepreneurs around the world do more of what they love and less of what they don't. And if you don't know Ari, he helps entrepreneurs who have opportunity in excess of what their infrastructure can support uh, to find focus, flexibility and freedom in their business. Less doing his book is built on nine guiding principles that we're going to talk about today. He's a graduate of the Wharton School of Business in my hometown of Philadelphia, an Iron Man and a devoted husband and father uh, to four children. So Ari, welcome to Conversations at the Edge. Uh, where are you calling in from today?
1: Thank you for having me, Alex. Thanks for the intro. I am in Princeton, New Jersey right now.
0: Well, in your course, you talk about uh, three things um, around optimizing automation outsourcing that we should be working on in our personal and our professional lives to be more productive. So wondering if you can talk a little bit more about why those three things and, and what they mean in, in your mind.
1: So that is the sort of overarching framework that has been the guiding light sort of for everything that's come after that. And just because I'm going to not be able to sort of separate the language, so less doing was really the personal productivity system, which eventually morphed into a more business-focused methodology, which is now called the replaceable founder. And and they're, they're very similar principles, but they just sort of come at it from different angles. So optimize, automate, outsource. That order is extremely important. And very briefly, so Optimize really is about looking at what we have now, the systems, the processes, uh, where we're located or where we're allocating resources as it were, uh, and identifying inefficiencies that exist inherently within the things that we're doing now. And that sounds sort of basic and maybe kind of obvious, but a lot of times we just don't do that. And we don't tend to look at how we're doing the things we do. We certainly oftentimes do not look at why we do the things that we do and the way we do them. Uh, it's too easy as human beings to sort of just get into a group and be like, "Well, that's the way we've always done it. It works." So you know, so we we need to optimize first, and a lot of that comes down to tracking and identification and awareness of what we're actually doing, and then we we work with those systems. Once we've done that, then we want to look at automation, and the the really cool thing for me all the time now is that when I started doing this ten, almost eleven years ago, automation was sort of in a, in a nascent in a way because. I mean, there were some tools, but there weren't a ton. And now, you know, you go on a product hunt and there's like 15 tools that do something for free that you had to hire somebody for last week. So we try to automate as much as we can. And we really, this is a really important step. First of all, it's, I just find it very fascinating what we, can, we can't automate now. But if you give automatable work to a human being, outsourcing that last part, that a computer could do, or a system or some sort of process could do you're in essence like dehumanizing that person and while that's certainly not something that a lot of people are comfortable with from a human standpoint it's also just not a good use of resources so we want to automate whatever we can the last step if we even get there because sometimes we can automate it all the way is to look at outsourcing and delegating and at that point you're trying to involve a human that can really add something valuable to the situation that will actually be able to engage with it. And the biggest problem, and this is just sort of a, the wrapper on everything, is that most people go backwards, right? So a lot of people, what'll happen is they'll get they'll come across a problem or a situation or a task that they don't like, that they don't know how to do, that they don't wanna do, whatever it might be. And the, the knee-jerk reaction for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of executives is, bosh, oh, get someone else to do it. If you outsource or delegate an inefficient task, you're really just like, it's, it's like flushing an apple core down the toilet, right? You can do it, and there's nothing wrong with it necessarily, it's biodegraded and all that stuff, but it's probably gonna get stuck. You know? And it's probably gonna cause some problems. Maybe you're not, you know, it's like, it's kind of a risk, no matter what you do. And that's what we see. And, and so people are really bad communicators a lot of times, even though I think they are, Better. Uh, they're not amazing leaders necessarily. They're not necessarily visionaries. They just had a good idea at some point that they were able to kind of run with. And I'm not putting down entrepreneurs because those are the ideas that fuel the world. But all the other stuff we kind of just assume that we can do. We can.
0: In your course, in your book, you'd break down the idea of optimizing automation out. Outsourcing into nine fundamental ways that we can be thinking about them. And I don't think we have time to go through all nine, but, um, can you briefly just share what those nine are? And maybe we can talk about two of what you believe are the most important.
1: Yeah. So the, the nine, I mean, so we've got the 80, 20 rule, which is really about tracking up. that's, that's really the optimization thing. Uh, we've got, um uh, choose your own work week which I think is a really, really important one. And that's something we should definitely talk about. The external brain is another one and that's about sort of creating an idea capture system. And actually that would be a good one to talk about too. So those last two would be really good. Um, and then we get into things like wellness, finances, uh, setting limits, um, and honestly I'm blanking on one or two of them. But and it's been a while since that book came <laughs> out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's basically nine develop- them in the Replaceable founder version. It breaks down into three main areas, which is communication, project management, and processes, which sort of maps to what it is in the uh, the personal one as well. But each of those breaks down into three subtopics, and so on and so forth.
0: Okay. So do you want to highlight those two?
1: Yeah. So the choose your own work week and creating external brain. Those would be two that I think are really widely applicable and just hugely important. So choose your own work week is about really owning your time and controlling your time. And, and sort of one of the impetuses for this came from my college experience. And so I ended up graduating from college a year early with two majors and two minors. And I'm just so everybody knows, I did not have particularly good grades, uh, but I got it done and I got back to work. Basically, it was kind of what my my plan was. And so I majored in real estate and entrepreneurship and I minored in art history and psychology. When I was planning out my schedule for the last year, my senior year, I had to take a lot of extra classes. I mean, most people, I think, take three classes a semester. I took seven both of my last semesters, but I only had class two days a week. Uh, and it's actually kind of how I ended up with the art history minor because those were the classes that fit. It was kind of funny. But I had class Tuesday, Thursday, and that was it. And it was like nine to nine. Both of those days it was a long day, but I had a day in between. I had a four day weekend every weekend. It was amazing. And like, I had people, friends of mine who were taking three classes, multiple hours every day, like, and they were just like drowning in it. And, you know, I kind of like reared up for the fight every week and it was great. And so it really got me thinking about batching and about uh, how we sort of design our time around the things that work for us and how different circadian rhythms and you know, morning person versus night person, like all these sort of things play into it. But ultimately really what it comes down to is control. Uh, every one of us really needs and craves some level of control in our life and control can come in so many different forms from controlling what you have for lunch, controlling how many emails are in your inbox or controlling your schedule. And some of us have more ability abilities than others. So it's not total control, but it's some element of that control. And the biggest tool in the choosing your own work, we kind of arsenal is asynchronous communication. So I, I cannot stress this strongly enough. If I was, if you were going to walk away with one thing from this conversation today, it would be asynchronous conversation. So the, the or asynchronous communication. So the opposite of what Alex and I are doing right now, right? This is synchronous. We're live. I can say something. He can on the back. Call and response. We you know facial gestures, drugs, whatever it is, see it all. With asynchronous communication, that's the opposite, right? So there's that's where you're communicating when and where is best for you. The person on the other end is receiving it when and where is best for them and responding when and where is best for them. And email is an example of asynchronous communication as is text messaging. Although a lot of people don't use them that way, unfortunately. I'll I'll touch on that in a second. But so there is a tool that I use and, and the tool doesn't matter, just this is the one I like called Voxer. So Voxer is V-O-X-E-R. It's a voice communication app, not dissimilar to like WhatsApp or Signal or even iMessage voice messages. But it has some very unique features. One of which is that it's the only one that will allow you to communicate asynchronously and synchronously. Meaning, if I send a message with iMessage, for example, I have to sit there, record it for a minute or two. It uploads the person and downloads it, and they can play it, so on and so forth. With Voxer, within about 0.2 seconds of me starting to speak, the person on the internet can listen if they're there. If they're not, they can listen to it later, and they can listen to it at multiple speeds, and get through really quickly. So at this point, I I would say I do about 99% of my communication asynchronously. So this call with you, Alex, is literally the only thing on my schedule this entire week. And, And I think I don't have anything on my schedule next week. And as you know, I had to reschedule with you twice, almost almost twice, because I'm just so not used to now doing synchronous meetings. And, you know, my life is just very fluid that way. So I used to do private coaching one-on-one with people and, you know, high-level entrepreneurs and executives. And it was always in person for an hour, you know, met once a week kind of a thing. And then I moved to a group coaching model. Now I do one-on-one coaching again exclusively over voxer so i have clients all over the world right now um about two dozen and they have unlimited voxer access to me so that means that i get i talk to most of them almost every day even if it's for just a minute or two and my response time is generally pretty good but i would say that i probably do about 20 to 30 minutes of work a day uh, and I can do it anytime I want, wherever I want. Somebody can send me a message at 10 a.m. of you know, Melbourne time, and I can get back to them at 11 o'clock p.m. my time before I go to bed. Uh, and it's so fascinating to see how, instead of somebody having to wait you know, till next Wednesday for our 45-minute session to get the three-minute answer that they need, they can ask right now in the moment, whatever is bothering them, whatever's going on, and I can get back to them when I've had a moment to think about it and reflect and really give them the right answer. Uh, that's how I communicate with my team. it's how I communicate with uh, some friends and my, my wife even now a lot of times. Uh, and it has just been such a game changer. So again, just to put that in a really small nutshell, you know, I do high level coaching one-on-one with over two dozen people around the world and I don't have a single call on my calendar ever. That means that I never miss. You know, I I take my kids to school every morning. I never miss a pickup. I never miss a soccer game. Uh, I get to work as a volunteer EMT when I want to do that, and I'm still able to run a very successful coaching practice.
0: Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again, and see you next time.